Listeners, the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 80. Now do it one more time with your lips closer. You're listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 80. Now, I want you to get down here once. I want you to get in there and say, you should do. Wait, now? Yeah, just say it once. This is practice. You should do. Okay, now, but I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be saying, come really close. You back up a little bit. I'm going to, because this all has to be timed. I'm going to be saying... You should think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Perfect, perfect, all right? But I got to get the music going too, okay? This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. Hey, hey, how's everybody doing out there? My name is Scott Wellens and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, guess what, that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it's great to be with you today. And today's episode is titled Six Steps to Buying a New Car. You do not want to miss this if you feel as though you are ever going to buy a new car because I'm going to tell you how to get the best deal possible from my own experience. But before we get started, I want to give a little shout out to my daughters, Grace and Eva, for helping me with the introduction. They're off of school today for a long Memorial Day weekend, so I brought them into the studio so we could all sound like a bunch of amateurs, not just me, but really, do you want somebody who can admit to their mistakes or do you want someone who thinks that they know everything? Because that's the crazy thing about this whole world of financial planning and the investment industry is everybody likes to talk like they are experts at everything. And they use big words and talk down on you. So you need to come to the conclusion, I just must not be smart enough. So I better hire this guy who's talking over my head. No, that's not the way comprehensive financial planning should work. Because the people that are most successful and have the most successful financial independence experience. Well, they're knowledgeable because you have to be. Otherwise, you might end up making emotional decisions about your money because you just don't know everything and you just don't know enough because your financial advisor was busy with the big words that you didn't understand and not because you're not smart. It's just because In every industry, there's big words that people can throw around to make them sound special or sound smart. But the more you know as an investor and as a family steward, the better you will be equipped for your whole financial experience. Now, I am an advocate for you having a fiduciary on your side, on your side of the table, a certified financial planner, a fee-only certified financial planner that can help walk you through this whole process. Someone who can be objective about your finances when it's impossible for you to be. Because once again, those emotions always get the best of us. 
and they get the best of us when we're buying a new car too. Let's get to the topic of the day. Okay, here we go. Six steps to buying a new car. Seems like a a simple thing to do, but man, it's such an emotional experience. The majority of the people buy their new car the same day they walk on to the lot. They get emotionally attached or the salesperson gets them emotionally attached to the new vehicle and they buy and oftentimes spend way more than you planned on in the first place. Now, me being a family steward and and me wanting to be a steward over my finances, normally I'm not even advocating for buying new vehicles. However, there's, there's certain circumstances when it might make the most sense for you. Number one, if you can afford it and you're accomplishing all of your other financial goals, well, go for it. And the other thing is maybe you just need to have that reliability because you're not willing to take the risk of having a used vehicle. And maybe you don't know anything about cars at all and it's what makes you feel safe and you can't afford it. And with with my experience, see, I bought... My second car when I was, gosh, about 24 years old or so was a new car. And after I bought it, I vowed I was never, ever going to buy a new car ever again. And then my wife and I started shopping shortly after we had our third child for a minivan. And we wanted to have a reliable minivan. So we were looking at used ones that were a couple of years old or less. It came that the minivans that we were looking at were not depreciating that much. So one of the similar manufacturers, we could buy a new minivan for almost the same price as buying a used minivan that was one or so years old. You know, we needed to go to a different manufacturer, but it made sense in our head. So here I was years and years after buying my first new car with a horrible experience, and now I'm going after my second. And anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that I'm very meticulous. So let me walk you through my story of buying our new minivan and with a, with a six-step process. And the number one step is to have a budget. You need to know ahead of time how much you can afford to spend. Because if you walk onto that new car lot, I guarantee you, you're going to end up spending more than you wanted to in the first place without having a hard budget number because we all want the bells and whistles. We want to slide up onto those leather seats and have the best stereo and all the other bells and whistles that come with the really nice stacked out cars. So we don't want to fall into that trap. We need to have a budget in mind. And you can go to websites like KBB and Edmonds and start punching in what you want out of a vehicle. Make sure you're looking at all the options and, you know, the kind of vehicle. Is it going to be standard or a limited edition? What's the interior going to look like? What about the options? What about the package? And find a number and stick with that number. That is number one. Number two, while you're at those websites, is find two or three different vehicles that fall within that budget range 
again, with all those different options and packages, and narrow it down to two or three different vehicles that you would be happy driving around in that fit in your budget. See, now you know how much you're going to spend, and you have a list of two or three of them that you're willing to buy. And once you have all that, make sure this leads to step number three, that these two or three that you're buying or that you want to consider buying, that they fit within your budget. Now, you haven't even been on at the dealership yet. You have a budget in mind. You have two or three different vehicles that you're willing to buy that look great. And you saw that that fair purchase price fell within your budget. You can get those, again, at KBB and Edmunds and other websites. So once you have those three steps in line, now step number four, for the first time, you headed to the dealership now. You head to the two or three different dealerships. Maybe you picked out two different manufacturers of vehicles. And you go to the lot so that you can test drive them and look at them and examine the different colors and make sure everything that you researched online is what you're expecting. And you test drive them both and you narrow it down to one vehicle. But you can't do that unless you go to the dealership and and test drive them. Now, there's going to be a sales rep that is not going to want you to leave the dealership. They're going to want you to stay until you sign on the dotted line. But we're going to be kind. We're going to take this uh, sales rep's business card and we're going to take it home. And by the time we get home, you or you and your significant other have it narrowed down to the one vehicle that you want. You know the color of the vehicle. You know the manufacturer. You know the package, you know the options, you know all the bells and whistles that you want, that fit within your budget. And now you're ready to shop. You weren't ready to shop when you were at that dealership. No way. Way too emotional. Now you're home. And when you're home, you start step number five. Step number five is to list 20 or 30 dealerships on a spreadsheet that might be conveniently located in your surrounding area. So for me, I was living in Cincinnati at the time, and this was about five or six years ago. So there were dealerships in Cincinnati, and within a two-hour drive, you had Dayton, Louisville, Kentucky, Columbus, all these large cities where there was a ton of dealerships that I could choose from. But now, with even the advancement of the car buying experience, you might live in a remote area, but you can still select some cities that are much further away because they'll, you know what car you want. You know the color, you know the options. If the delivery charge getting it to your house still gets you the best price, well, maybe your car is going to be 500 miles away or even 1,000 miles away. That is okay. Just list 20 or 30 dealerships, including the one where you had the sales rep and you have his business card and you have his email address. And now you send out, you go to every website of all these dealerships and you request a quote online to the internet sales rep. If there's no way to do it on the website, call, ask for the internet sales rep's email address and send him an email. Do not talk to any sales reps. We're done talking to sales reps live right now because we're keeping the emotions out of it. And you email 
all 20 or 30 of these dealerships and ask them for a quote on the vehicle that you want. But keep in mind, make sure you can tell them, hey, you can quote a vehicle that has more options, but I need these these bare minimum options. And if you're going to quote something that has more options, you're likely going to lose because I'm sending this out to many dealerships. If you don't feel like quoting, you don't have to. But if you'd like to submit a quote, give me your best price today. I am buying a vehicle within the week. I need your best price. Here's what's going to happen, folks. Everyone's going to call you. Everyone wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to get into your head. Everybody wants to appeal to your emotions. Well, what price do you have in mind? How much can you afford to pay? That doesn't matter. We just want the best possible price for this vehicle. So let all these calls come in and and they have your phone number because when you're doing an online quote, a lot of times you need to put your phone number in. Just let the voicemails flow through. Listen to them. Email the sales rep back and say, hey, I told you in my initial email not to call me. I see that you called me. All I'm interested in is your best possible price. And here's what's going to happen, friends. Out of the 25 dealerships that you ask for a quote, maybe half of them will actually submit a quote. Some of them will try and quote, they may not have the vehicle on their lot, so they're going to try and quote the dealership next to them. And that dealership, you probably asked for a quote too, so they're going to be high. But you're going to see that you're going to find five or so really good prices compared to that budget price that you originally had because when it comes to to buying a car it's not like everybody's on the same playing field there might be dealerships that are getting discounts for selling x amount of cars and they're getting really close to that goal so they'll sell a car for less than the dealership next to them who can't afford to sell it any lower than maybe the price that they gave you because there's no incentives coming back their way I don't pretend to figure out exactly how the inner workings work at a new car dealership. All I know is that when I did this, I had drastically different prices. And I know that some dealerships have discounts and all kinds of different things that are going on behind the scenes that we don't understand. So when they tell you in your face you're getting the best possible price, I don't believe that anyway. So you got done with five steps. You have what what is now your top three prices. And step number six is to send these three an email that says something like this. Congratulations. You've made it to the top three quotes. I appreciate your quote. Now I want you to do me a favor. Dig a little bit deeper. I started at 25 dealerships. I'm down to three and I'm going to come and buy this car tonight. So you have six hours to dig deep and see if there's any room left to come down just a little bit. How bad do you want to sell this vehicle? And I sent that email and I got three emails back. One of them couldn't do anything at all. Oh, and again, all three of them called me again. One of them couldn't do anything at all. I didn't take their call, by the way. One of them came down a little bit. Another one said, well, I can't come down in price, but is there anything else, any other accessory that might be worth it to you? 
And then I thought, yeah, I needed uh, some crossbars on top of this minivan because we, we take a car top carrier and I think they were worth 500 bucks or something. It's like, yeah, we'll take those crossbars. And it turned out that that other dealership was only coming down a couple hundred. So that made more sense. But after I had 25 quotes, I still got $500 off of the vehicle. As one final test, which you may, I didn't even put this as a step, you may or may not be able to do, is my wife, who is a principal in the Milwaukee area, had a teacher friend who had a brother who owned a dealership. Incidentally, he was one of them that got the internet quote. But he owned a dealership, and my wife called him and said, and she said, hey, I work with your sister. I'm about to buy a minivan. Here's my price. Can you beat it? And really, we were just trying to test to see how good of a price this might be. He hung up the phone, called her back 10 minutes later and said, I can't even come close to this price. I'm thousands of dollars away. Go buy that vehicle today. And that to us was just icing on the cake that we knew we were doing what we needed to do and doing our due diligence as family stewards to get the best possible deal on the vehicle. And we went there that night and we bought the vehicle. And I'm telling you what, we were thousands of dollars under what our original budgeted price was. And we looked at that price of the vehicle and it was cheaper than the used one we almost bought that was a year old. Simply amazing. Now, next week, I'm going to tell you what happened to that minivan three years later. <laughs> It's a funny story, but it wasn't funny at the time. So make sure you tune in next week for the continuation of the minivan story. You know, some of you probably listened to this and said, I don't have time for all this, Scott. No way am I going to do this. And maybe your time is more important than your money. I was at a position in my life, though, where I had a little bit of extra time or it's just time that I wanted to spend doing it. I enjoyed the process. But if you don't have the time and you do have the money, maybe your time is worth more than the savings on the vehicle. But I bet you what? I bet you there are plenty of family stewards listening right now that are like, wow, yeah, when I go buy my next new car, if I'm going to ever buy a new car, that's the process I'm going to take. Because every dollar that doesn't leave your balance sheet is another dollar towards your financial freedom. And I'm not advocating to watch every single dollar you spend if you're on track. But this was a lot of money to me, and I think it might be to you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please go to bestinwealth.com. I have 79 other episodes listed with topics that may interest you. Some of them, maybe not. Some of them, heck yeah. I want you to go there, listen to the episodes, start picking up tips and tricks for your financial future. And if you have questions and you want to talk or you need a second opinion on your current assets or investments, email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. I'm always excited to talk to you. Hey, you guys have a great, great week and I'll see you. I'll see you where? I know where. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.
The Best in Wealth podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.